It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic. It's May. It's May 2nd. I can't believe it. And normally we would be knee deep in a second round playoff. Uh, yeah, a second round playoff uh, series. There we go. That's the word I was looking for. Series. I was going to say we, we, we were, we'd be far enough into the second round series right now. Some teams may be eliminated in the second round at this point normally. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. So, it, but this year is different because COVID and shit. And there you go. So, of course, I am VA. I'm here with Jeff. Yo. Sorry. (laughs) Here with that guy over there and that other guy, Tim. Hello. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just when you think, like, Jeff's going to do the normal thing, then he's like, oh, yeah, me. (laughs) 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 Uh, Okay, so... You know, originally I was I was taking my dog for a walk yesterday and I was thinking about the show today because my brain, this is what happens. And I was lost in thought about Mittelstadt because now that we're done with the series against the Buffalo Sabres, I never, ever have to really think about Casey Middlestot. It's really hard for me to say it that way. It's hard. I don't have to think about Casey Mittelstadt, but I will. I will think about that. Yes, I am saying it the German way. I cannot help it. I look at that name and I say it the German way. I know he's from, I don't know, Canada, US, one of those places. And I just want to say that I actually was like puzzled by his name. I was like, okay, I know. I know. I, I know that Stadt is city. So what did, what did they mean by Mittelstadt? I'm like, that's not downtown. Because, you know, usually... Downtown is like Zentrum or something like that. So I'm like, that's not downtown. What is that? So I had to look it up. And, you know, that's okay. Sometimes even Germans have to look up German words. It happens. Mittelstadt means medium-sized city. So I'm calling it now. Mittelstadt to Boston at some point. So he's basically like Casey Worcester. (laughs) Casey Boston. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So, like, I was thinking about introducing the show in German. I've done that once before. Nobody commented on it. That's okay. Uh, so I don't know how poorly my German was. I know we have a couple German listeners, but whatever. So that was what I was thinking about. But yes, thankfully, we are done with the Buffalo Sabres this season. We guess what? Bruins, they won that series. Wow. Yeah, except for that one that one calamity. They they won it handily what was it get two overtime get two overtime wins one loss and everything else was in reg yep. i think yep uh there were some games that were won by one or two goals there were some games that were won by four or five i'm just i'm glad I, because i i don't want to um have to think about buffalo and and their terrible game this year like that was so much buffalo to have in such a short period of time yeah it was and the funny thing is we actually got buffalo mostly at its best yeah, we did. They they stepped up their play after. after they cleaned house and lost Eichel for the year, which honestly, like, how do they not trade Eichel this summer? To us for nothing. I mean, like, <laughs> I'm not going to go down that road, Tim. Tim, Tim, we already we already did that trade. <laughs> we did we did a trade where we we traded for nothing. So let's not. Well, uh, 
It's Buffalo. <laughs> like, like if anyone's gonna trade a superstar for and get absolutely nothing in return, it's Buffalo. This is. I mean, true. I agree, but at the same time, this is a universe where both L.A. and the Rangers can like offer Byfield or Lafreniere. <laughs> okay, but like, <laughs> would Buffalo ex- be smart enough to accept that? That's the thing. It's Buffalo. I mean, that, that's that's a fair point. Yes. I don't want the Kings to trade away Byfield to Buffalo. Oh, come on. No, that would be so bad. Like, I mean, it's bad enough that he's in L.A. Because I hate L.A. But like Buffalo, I don't wish that on anyone. No, no, let's let's not do that. But I, I understand your point. Point taken about, you know, the team playing better without Eichel there. And that makes you wonder a couple of things. One, even though Eichel was saying publicly, oh, no, I don't want to be traded. How was he being privately? And two. See it on his body language. He doesn't want to be there. And like, you know what? It's hard to blame that on him. No. I think. No. The only reason that I'll that I that, that I hold that against O'Reilly, Ryan O'Reilly, for example, is because he did the same shit in the same shit in Colorado. Mm hmm. I mean, he went as far as actually signing a um, uh, an offer sheet, one that almost blew up so hilariously, catastrophically in Calgary's face, despite being the one to sign it. Because had that that offer sheet that was in the the um, uh, lockout shortened season, had the Abs not matched, the Abs would have gotten the picks, and then Calgary would have lost O'Reilly on waivers because he played KHL games after the NHL season started that year. Mm-hmm. Like, it would have been so fucking hilarious, because basically you would have ended up with Ryan O'Reilly, Columbus Blue Jacket, Calgary would have been out, would have been out the picks for the offer sheet, <laughs> and would have had nothing for it. It's a big part of why Jay Feaster got fired, probably. <laughs> oh man, that would have been hilarious and awesome. But at the same time, how do you go from like, so like, yeah, he's found a home in of St. Louis, and fuck him for that. But like, like, how do you like, in terms of like places to play hockey, if I was like a professional hockey player, Denver would probably be one of the places I'd want to play. Those fans are very, very. Um, they they love their hockey. Yeah, the fans are the fan. They have good fans, but it's a low pressure market overall. Yeah, nice place to live. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're one of the teams with one of the worst travel schedules generally, but like that's just the virtue of it, of being a team in Mountain Time. Yeah, exactly. And like, really, you can like overcome that. Like, I I feel like like being unhappy playing for the Colorado Avalanche, you have to like just be an unhappy person in general. Either that, or maybe it was just a Matt, a, a Matt Duchene thing, because like he just seems to poison everywhere he goes. It's true, could have been that. I mean, it's like, come on, Colorado has had legal weed for longer than anybody else. There's you, that too. you couldn't make it work there, Ryan O'Reilly. Really. Pop a few gummies and be good. The NHL does not test for that stuff, and they don't. They kind of don't care that you're doing it unless it's really. Well, when it was legalized in Canada, all these heads like, yeah, don't be stupid about the whole border thing, guys, because uh, yeah, still can't do that even if you're go- even if you're going from say Alberta to Colorado, still an international border. <laughs> right, right. So, so my point is, is that Colorado seemed like a good thing, but yes, they did have Matt Duchesne there, and Matt Duchesne just poison. Which is interesting because think about what the if if the players hadn't been like that, think about what that version of the Colorado could have been. Because that was a version of Colorado that had Duchesne, O'Reilly, and Stasny down the middle. Mm-hmm. Like 
Stasny at the height of his powers, which wasn't extraordinary, but a great player. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, talking about Ryan O'Reilly and Matt Duchesne, right? It makes me remember that, guys, I was wrong on Taylor Hall. Wait, wait a minute. It just dawned on me that we had a Taylor and a Tyler go one and two. Yeah, Taylor yeah. versus Tyler. Like every year, there's some sort of weird, dumb shit meme like that around the open, around the first pick. You know, uh, always there, like you know, fail for nail. That really worked out for everyone there. Mm-hmm. The 2013 draft is rough, really rough. I was wrong about Taylor Hall. He's fitting in really well. But most importantly, I think the most beautiful thing that we can talk about in this whole Taylor Hall trade is that David Krejci is back as the Matrix. He is warping time and space and breaking people's ankles it's lovely i love it and, and, and craig smith is doing wonderful things i mean so here's remember i was excited about the craig smith signing but holy fuck mm-hmm. i mean Much he's playing like with the best line mates he's ever had right because mm-hmm. all that time in uh, in um uh, in nashville he was getting second and third pairing linemates that didn't compare to craigie and hall at all right nope i nope. mean who's going to like, I mean, last really year he was cool. playing with fucking Benino and um, uh, Grimaldi. <laughs> Although I do love that name. Rocco Grimaldi is a great name. It is a class A name. You know, and I couldn't help but think like, Grimaldi, are you related to the Grimaldis of Monaco? Really? <laughs> um, yeah, that's the ruling family. Yes. All the stuff that, that you need to know. Uh, but anyway, okay. I'm going to tell you some stuff I learned about Craig Smith yesterday because I watched his My Story. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. One. His eyes are either green or hazel. I can't really tell. Like, I look at them. I'm like, they look green. They look hazel. There's like... There aren't even colors that should have an overlap. Weird. <laughs> well, I mean, no, green and hazel are close. But I was just like, it's like, they're not brown. So I, I keep... It, I'm, I'm tending towards green because they're they're not brown. I just look at his eyes and I'm like, I, have n- I don't often see like brown haired people with green eyes. So I don't see a lot of people with green eyes. So I'm like mystified by that too. He loves to play music. Like he can actually play. Like, you know how like you'll see Bruins players, like the young guys take a guitar on a trip or something like that. He knows how to play. He used to play with a group of musicians down at a uh, downtown in, in Nashville at a, a little cafe where they encourage that because Nashville is music city. I was going to say in order to be, a, in be playing in a cafe in Nashville, you have to demonstrate a certain level of competence because there's expectations there. Right. right. <laughs> so it's like, it's so cool. So I'm like, wow, look at this guy. He has things that he does outside of hockey. And he says ex- specifically, he's like, yeah, I like to get outside of the game a little bit and use my mind differently and whatever. So it's like, wow, that's really cool. So, yeah, those are the things I learned about him. And also the other thing I learned about him yesterday was he had a hat trick yesterday. He certainly did. Now, I'm going to tell you, honestly, I I felt a deep need to take a nap when that game was on yesterday. Honestly, I went into yesterday not planning on watching that game, but that I didn't have anything else going on. But A, I missed the first, all, all but the last like two minutes of the first. And then B, watched most of both the second and the third on mute, but without closed captioning. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly because I couldn't figure out how to do it on on our new on our, on the newer Roku. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, all right, yeah. I mean, it's it, they they usually do that stuff. It's per app, right? Yeah, I, had, I think I would have had to back out and go into options at the menu level, and I didn't feel like doing that. Right. Even right. though, like, usually most, even though like all the movie apps and stuff, you can do it in in movie, right? Just. Right. Pause and stuff, but. Right, right. But, you know, you'd have to do that. So I can understand why you didn't. It's a pain in the ass. 
just go fix it next for before next time. That's all. I kept waking up because I was asleep on the couch. So I kept waking up during every goal. So I knew what was happening. I'd hear goal. I'm like, oh, goal. <laughs> and I'd go back to sleep. <laughs> but yeah, it was really nice that uh, Smith was able to get the Hattie yesterday. Because uh, whenever you've got a guy with two goals, you really want to see them get that, that third one. You know, he's the only player that isn't Bergie or Marshy to get a hat trick in quite a while. Well, apparently Ber- he was only the fifth player. So the others were Bergie, Marshy, Pasta, and Krejci to, uh, who have a hat trick for the Bruins since Jimmy fucking Hayes' hat trick. Okay, that's, uh, you know what? Scratch Jimmy what I Mays said. Hayes, yeah. Scratch what I said. You're right. I I was trying to spout out something I heard yesterday and I did it all wrong. You're right. That was exactly it. So, yeah, it's, that's amazing. Jimmy Hayes. Oh, my God. I forgot that he played for the Bruins. <laughs> he certainly did. <laughs> Do you think he forgot that he played for the Bruins? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so... Just amazing effort. Yes, there were four games this week, and the Bruins uh, won all but one. So that was good. And the one they lost was a heartbreaker. Um, very a one inter- zero heartbreaker. Like whatever. Yeah. yeah, I mean, no penalties in that game. Plenty of penalties that could have been called, but none that were called until the the, the third period. And that didn't have anything to do with the goal that was scored. It was just an area where Swayman should have looked, but he didn't. So losing one to to nothing. That's not terrible, but it's it's heartbreaking because he was doing so well. Yeah, so a good week for the Bruins. They definitely needed to stay winning because uh, this is the week that all of the East guys are, are looking to clinch, you know? So we had Pittsburgh and Washington clinch in the same game because they, they went to overtime and, and that allowed both of them to clinch. And then New York just clinched, what was it, yesterday or Friday or something? By way of other teams' losses. Right, okay. Because they've lost their... Because they, they, actually, no, no, I misread that, sorry. They won their last two, so yeah, they they just, just clinched, like yesterday or something. Right, and at this point, the Bruins are... They have two games in hand on the Rangers, and they will be playing those two two games this week against the Rangers. But the Rangers are eight points behind the Bruins in the standing. The Rangers have four more games left, the Bruins have six more games left, and it would take a real miracle for the Rangers to pull that off. It would inc- the Bruins would have to lose every game. I mean, so those two games against the Rangers are the Bruins' only games left that have against an opponent that has anything to play for, too. Right. Yeah. Right, because the other games are against the Capitals, the Islanders, and the Devils. <laughs> oh, boy. I can't believe there's still more games against the Devils. I feel like we played a lot of those already. Also, Islanders. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, like, 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 don't get me wrong. I liked the high number of games and stuff, and it lets you build up tension. And the baseball series are great, but like, I'm so fucking sick of all these teams. The Islanders was one of them. Yeah, the Islanders and the Caps games are rescheduled from prior games that were uh, postponed because of COVID and stuff. So that's what's going on there. But basically, I I'm not convinced that all of these games this week won't turn into games against the Devils. They might. <laughs> Like the NHL just says, you know what? You're just going to play against Devils for the rest of the season. Uh, I mean, at least they're not just like all Buffalo games because like that was getting old. Yeah. I mean, like, Bruins did great. It did great overall with them, but like, I'm just done. 
Yeah, it was Buffalo overload. And you can start seeing yesterday that clearly these teams like really. Yeah, there's a lot of like. Oh God damn it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was try to plow right through with Tim, but just just two of you didn't help. <laughs> hey, he worked hard for that. <laughs> All right, Jeff, go on. You earned that one, Tim. That's fair. <laughs> But, like, you could actually see it, like, by, like, yesterday's game. Like, these two teams, like, these players are fucking sick of one another. Yep. yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. Was there – no, was there a fight yesterday? There, there were a couple, Not like, quite. breakouts. There was, like... a, there was a, it was a kerfuffle. So oh. after uh, Pasta got redirected into Tukarski, and Pasta clearly felt awful about it right on the spot. Yep. Then, like, two minutes later, he gets, you know, that cross-check slash boarding from uh, Dalene. And then both he and Brad get roughing get, get, get roughing in the um, uh, in the ensuing fracas. Yeah, it was Darlene who pushed him into Takarsi, and then after that, Darlene did the shit behind the net, uh, and then that broke out into a fracas. And that was great. Darlene and Marshy had a bit of a had a bit of a ruckus on Thursday too, if I recall right. Yep. Yeah, the Bruins versus Darlene has been like quite the uh, the. Uh, battle over it seems like this whole buffalo series it seems like the bruins don't like darlene very much and darlene doesn't like the bruins very much all right well that sounds sounds fine to me too fucking bad also like that that samuelson guy who well, well give him credit he's he, he shells kid not ulfs which jack went to great lengths of saying to say saying he was shells kid every single time he mentioned him yep. probably to like keep himself from saying something derogatory about ulf i don't know <laughs> <laughs> It's tempting, that name. I mean, I said to Glenn a couple weeks ago, I said, we're going to find out that everybody's related to Ulf Samuelson, of course. Even that chef. And he goes, you mean Marcus Samuelson? I'm like, yes, he's going to be related to Ulf Samuelson as well. Oh, uh, the dude from Chopped, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I do. <laughs> he and his sister were adopted by Swedish parents from Ethiopia when they were young. But, you know, you're like, oh, no, he's going to be related to Olf Samuelson. <laughs> but anyway, um, Marcus Samuelson's way too nice to be Olf. Way too nice. Yes, yes. So there you go. Yeah, I felt the need to immediately find out if, if Shell was related to Olf. And uh, Wiki's not being helpful on that front. Wait. Oh, he is not related. Yet. He says it explicitly. There it is. Woohoo! We win! I feel like if I had that last name, though, I'd I'd carry a card that said. I assure you, I am not related to Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. This week was really good for the Bruins and David Krejci. I know that everybody listening right now, everybody here, everybody listening right now, when you're thinking of David Krejci, you are thinking that beautiful move that dangle that he did the slowing everything down and passing that puck to taylor hall who just nailed it but i don't even think of that as a taylor hall goal like i keep talking about it as the creechy goal and he didn't score that goal but he did all so much work it was creechy's equivalent to the beautiful set piece in um uh in um uh, x-men days of future past where they have that version of Quicksilver just kick everyone's ass in slow motion, set the music. Yeah. <laughs> just like, stop the game, run around, surprise it didn't result in Dolly and punching himself when, when the game started up again. Oh my god, that would have been so great. 
<laughs> I just <laughs> like, <"We're... laughs> and and you know, the thing is, is like that wasn't even the only one that he did this week. That was just no. oh no, he did one each of the two of these games at least. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, it's like uh, the one. Oh okay, uh, the the game against the Penguins, the second game against the Penguins this week. David Krejci, first goal, like Charlie McAvoy really tried hard to get that puck to him and then he did all the work after that and Charlie came up for for backup. Rask got his second assist on that goal, but it was like just watching Krejci do all this stuff and have all this fun. It's like he is just a new guy. I mean, he's the same guy, but he's just like he feels like he's reborn. Yeah, it much like Stella Krejci got his groove back. <laughs> and he is doing awesome and I think that it's one of those things where Taylor Hall was like the perfect guy. He was like the perfect fit. Like there was this the Krejci puzzle just needed Taylor Hall all along. Well, and keep in mind that Craig Smith was moved up to that line too late. I was going to say before they brought in Hall, Krejci and Smith were already starting to take off. Hall just like made it made it so we now have two first lines. And then whatever the fuck the bottom six is on any given day. <laughs> yeah, so it's just beautiful because even with that one, I mean, that was David Krejci doing all sorts of work get it, to get that goal. And it was Rask and McAvoy who assisted him on that. It's like not even his line mates are necessarily assisting on things, but he's just like, I feel like he's just woken up. I have to point out that it is April and May. And um, that is like usually when Krejci comes alive. Add into the fact that he's got clearly well, he's got a, right, a functional right wing for the first fucking time since Aginla. Yeah. Yeah. So he must be just so stoked. I said, okay, after Thursday night's game, it's like, you know, the next day was his, uh, was it his birthday? No, no, it wasn't Thursday night's game. It was, oh yeah. Okay. After the, the uh, game against the Penguins, I was like, oh, okay. He and Lozon and Connor Clifton, they all have the same birthday. 28th. And I was just like, oh my God, these guys are going to go celebrate their birthdays so wildly. After that game, after that win, because that win against the Penguins was beautiful, three to one. Uh, and I'm like, they're going to all go have a great time after this, because how can you not? It was just like Krejci was starting to really wake up. Oh, God, I just love it. I love seeing it. You're right. It is May. And uh, this is the time that he usually comes alive. But he hasn't had this in a long time. And I, I feel so happy for him. It was like Taylor Hall was the birthday present that he had been waiting for for a long time. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about this week that was interesting in the games? Or? Um, I do want to touch on that it's quite clear at this point that, yeah, I don't remember if we talked about it last week, but Nick was right. Sort of. Swayman isn't the backup, but Halak is now definitely full-time backup. He's not. He, I, I, I suspect we're never seeing another Halak start. The question is whether Halak or Swayman is the backup come playoffs. Mm-hmm. Because it'll be Rask will be the starter end sentence, right? You know what? I'd roll the dice. I'd big swim in the I mean, backup. As the backup, it doesn't matter. If Rask gets hurt, you know it's going to be swimming getting the starts, not Halak. Right. So it's just who's who's the one on the bench who versus who's the one on the ninth floor. Right. And then you know if for some reason something happens to Tuca, then you have Swayman and Halak, and that's yeah. not terrible. But Halak has just not had a good year, and also. You know, the team has just played really shitty in front of them. Let's just be honest. But that was before... Yeah, that was in the before times. <laughs> of uh, Before the Taylor Hall trade. So everything is just... 
it's different in a good way, but it's just weird to think about like a couple of people changing the, the roster so, so quickly like that. So third line that they rolled this week, a little odd, but it looks better than it has at any point this season. So there is that. Well, um, we got for sure two goals out of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. One each of the two Buffalo games, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's something. I mean, Charlie Coyle score, scored his first goal in 28 games by being moved over to the right wing. And he's God. looked better and more engaged and had more jump since being moved over. Yeah, we, we were talking about this before. I think that taking a little bit more off of Charlie Coyle's plate right now, taking some off his plate, let him loosen up a little bit. And instead of having to drive the play, maybe just be able to do the work that he needs to do and score the goals without having to work out, worry about face-off and necessarily all the back-checking and whatnot. Uh, and I as I said earlier, possible. if this is a long-term solution, this team's got a problem. But the only thing that matters right now is now and the playoffs to follow. So Sure. I don't think this is a long-term problem, but I really think that, uh, you know, not that I want to sit here. You know what? Fuck that. I'm going to say it. COVID. COVID has ruined everything this season. It has made yeah. the, the schedule shorter. It has compressed it in ways. They are playing on days that they shouldn't have to play because of rescheduling. They don't get to see each other outside of the rink and at games. They can't go to the rink when they want to because of restrictions. They can't do all sorts of things. So I'm going to say that anybody's performance this year, other than Brad Marchand, is maybe a little off. Brad, looking pretty normal to me. Um, uh, yeah. So, so Charlie Coyle, having a bad year. We know that. And, you know, so basically, I think Cassidy's just trying to, like, not sit him and just be like, look, I'm going to move you over here. Let's see what this does. Now, now one thing I do think this is suggesting, the early returns, of course, is that Corrales' struggles were clear, were Maybe that maybe even we were being a little quick to do quick on the trigger and declaring the death of Sean Corrali, and it was just the fact that he was he was playing with 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 not great accompaniments this season. Well, he's played with so many on his left side. I just don't think that the the chemistry between Corrali and Wags is there necessarily. I think that, I mean, when that fourth line was buzzing like it used to be, it was Achari, it was Schaller. And I was going to say, not Wags those... was the odd man out as often as anything of that trio, right? Uh, of the, the best year trio for that, of the 18-19, in uh, my memory, maybe I'm remembering wrong, Wags was Wags and Achari were the ones that rotated in and out, right? Mm-hmm. Do I have that right? I yeah, think so. Yeah, Nordstrom, and, I mean, apart from all that time that, Corral, that Nordstrom spent on the second line that year, let's let's not talk about that time. <laughs> no. Um. I'm just saying that I, I think that Corelli, sometimes moving him to left wing kind of wakes him up out of a funk. But it, the guy's got stone hands. <laughs> hands of stone. Because he, he's like yesterday, he had a couple of opportunities and he could not get it. He couldn't sink it. But he did sink one. I mean, let's give him some credit there. You know, he got a goal. Uh, that shorty opportunity with he and Berkey, though, for example, absolutely oh. died on. I was Corrales like, Berkey, stick. don't pass it. 
Fergie, don't pass it. <laughs> now, what moving Corrali up, though, has done is I really liked that fourth line yesterday. No Wags, no Frederick. This is Lazar centering DeBrusque and Coolman. Now, you can't use DeBrusque long term there, but like that line buzzed. It did. And it should buzz from the fact that uh, um, DeBrusque should be really pissed off right now. Well, it's a trio of, relent- of players that are capable of being just utterly relentless. Not necessarily effective, but relentless. But but you know what I'm saying is that DeBrusque has been knocked down, knocked out of the game, knocked, and then put back on the fourth line. And the last time that he was actually, you know, sat for a while, he came back and he was pissed off. Um, yeah. And, you know, he said things like, well, I guess my time in Boston has gone from what I'm hearing other people say. I feel like... He should be playing pissed off. He should. At that, like no one on this roster plays works harder than Kuhlman. Maybe it's about time to commit to Kuhlman being a fourth liner, right? Maybe, maybe with Lazar, he would do better. And like he's definitely looked better. Kuhlman, it's only the two games, but Kuhlman looked good. I'm glad that they're they're they have pieces that they can work around the third and fourth line with right now because they need to do that. I, I, I want to see them run with this six for a while, this group of six for a bit. Yeah. The first two lines are set. You don't need to do anything for the first time in forever. You don't need to do anything with those lines. So that's good. So you play around with the third and fourth line, make it, you know, the best combination of things. And then when it doesn't work, you retool them again. You know, Except right now they got people all playing on the right in the right spots relative to how they shoot on the bottom six, which is. Well, I mean, like, let's face it. I mean, we before they were they were trying to run two left wings on the third line, and that clearly wasn't fucking happening. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I wonder why. <laughs> I I do I do think that with Coyle that he was pressing a bit, and that happens when you're not scoring, and you're not producing, and I think I think that that gets to someone. It's like. It happens in any sport when they're trying to produce and it's just not happening. And I think that, like you said, VA, him moving gave him the opportunity to kind of reassess, reset, and not have to press as hard. And that's really sometimes that's all the player needs. Yep. I mean, that's what uh, Cassidy's done with Corelli, too. He's moved him over to the wing when he felt it feels like the center thing is not working for him for whatever reason. You know, like he feels like he's had too much on his shoulders. So he lets him go on the left wing so he can loosen up his game. So I, I'm interested to see all of this. I I want, what I want is I want Sean Crowley to come back in the playoffs like he does. Okay. I want to return. Corrale, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want big girls only Corrale back, you know, like 2019 version of Corrale. When he came back in that Toronto series. Oh, it's like, he needs to do this just to make sure he gets himself a decent contract this summer. It's not going to be with Boston, but like, I want him to do it for him too. Yeah. <sighs> I want I, him to be successful. I don't want to think about that anymore. Okay. Hey, you know what? There's something I do want to talk about. My boys to boys. <sighs> we, is, we should see him this week. Hopefully tomorrow but if not tomorrow tuesday because they're yes. saying new jersey they just wouldn't commit to which game right <laughs> i am so looking forward to that um 
I can't wait. So it turns out that he had an oblique injury, which is painful and awful. Yeah. And makes me wonder if they thought he was going to need surgery. Mm-hmm. That's a core injury, right? So you kind of want to not have that. So they said he responded pretty well and a lot quicker to treatment than they thought. So that's good. But I'm excited. I'm excited for a chance to see my boys to boys again. I He's only played in 23 games this year. So yeah, it's good to have him back. I cannot wait to see what that defense looks like with him. But I, I can't believe that they're thinking of putting Grizzlick back with him. I mean, it seems to me that Riley's the obvious choice. I mean, like, if nothing reason, then if you have the personnel, you keep Grizzlick and McAvoy together. I, like, it's not like, hey, let's. what about the chemistry between these two? There shouldn't need to be a whole, like, a lot of chem- chemistry here because Brandon Carlo will cover most of the defensive stuff and Mike Riley, just go move the puck. Got it. Yeah. Right? Well, we've seen Riley's got some defensive, some foibles in his own zone. Which seems that make which seems to me to make make Carlo the ideal candidate. I mean, it sounds like Cassidy's thinking about splitting up the three puck movers, and like I get the reasoning, but like as good as the early returns were, based on post thumb injury, Lozon is not a top pairing defenseman. No, no, put Lozon down with Kevin Miller. They have something going on there. They both can play punchy face if they need to. And and basically you just roll the two of them with Carlo for the entire penalty kill, living your three good defensemen to, 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 rain, to rain havoc on, at five on five, right? <laughs> or power play, right? Yeah. Yeah, look, Kevin Miller has been doing a lot better than I thought he would. He's moving the puck a lot better than I thought he ever would either. I mean, he's always been more mobile than his play style. <clears throat> suggested but like this entire season i still can't wrap my head around it. he's struggling obviously based on the amount of time he's missing he still has to play four more games to even get all of his bonuses Oof. all right well hopefully he'll make that i mean i can't imagine he's gonna go from monday and tuesday it'll be monday or tuesday oh i can't see it happening because unless he plays both games against the rags because he's not going to play the 10th and 11th back to back either so unless he plays both rangers games he can't hit four honestly I mean, that sucks for him, money-wise. I'm okay with it, just because you gotta, you'd gotta. you rather have him in the playoffs than not. So, like, why risk something for bonuses when there's something more, there's something bigger at stake in the playoffs? Well, I also don't think he expected to be out with that other issue for a while either, so. So, like, so yeah, it's going to cost him 75k. Well, I mean, that's seventy-five k. That is significant. And then his last bonus stretch is like two is two is two hundred thousand for with the club playing, making the playoffs, and he plays in fifty percent of regular season, which he which he's done, yeah. I think, or plays in one playoff game. So he'll get that two hundred k. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good. Uh, he just might not get the seventy seventy-five k for forty games played. Okay. All right. I think the defense is going to look even better once Carlo factors in. So that'll be great. I think he'll get up to game speed pretty quickly because that was a bleak injury. It's not like he was dealing with his head right now, although it gave his head plenty of time to rest. So that's good. Who do you want to see the Bruins play against in the first round? I realize I'm jinxing it. Oh, well, wait a minute. I mean, wait a minute. So they would have to play whoever leads the East, right? Yes. So right now... The leader in the East is Pittsburgh at 52 games, at 71 points in 52 games played. 
so actually that means that the, the Pittsburgh and the Caps are effectively tied because Pittsburgh is at 69 points. Nice. Mm-hmm. With, 50, with 51 games played. So Washington. So yeah, but Pittsburgh has a sizable win uh, lead on the, uh, on the regulation overtime wins. 31 to 29. So I, I think I like, I like the Bruins chances against the Penguins. I mean, I do too. I don't think uh, there are too many blowouts in the future. I think that you might have some heartbreaking losses, but you know, I think uh, the Bruins figured out finally how to get through the neutral zone with them in that one game. Of course, I, I worry that too much of a series against Pittsburgh will look like Sunday's game one way or another, and that's just going to be a hard series to watch. Yeah, but you know what? On Tuesday, the Bruins said, fuck it, we're going to hit you. We're going to keep hitting you. We're going to hit you so much. We're going to hit you twice as much as you hit us. We're going to beat you motherfuckers like a drum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think that was the big difference. It's uh, the physical game where it's like, uh, you know, we're just going to remind you that, okay, oh, we don't have the puck right now. You do, we'll hit you. And that's that's the kind of br- uh, game that the Bruins are, are known for. So good for them. Keep doing that. Play games like Tuesday night's game. Don't be afraid to hit. And like, you know, Sunday, I mean, it was only a 1-0 loss, like, I know, heartbreaking. It was a, it was a, again, it was a difficult game to watch, but not in the way that most difficult games to watch are. It was just tedious. You were just sitting there, it's <laughs> yeah. like, when are you going to call that as a penalty? Oh, never. Okay, but then it was like, oh no, we'll call Bergie for high sticking. I mean, yeah, I guess the guy was bleeding. No, he wasn't. That was Gensel. Gensel wasn't bleeding. Ah, yeah. fuck Gensel. <laughs> Actually, there's one thing in general I'm thinking about that's like that was interesting that Pittsburgh thrived on a game that was great that got ground down because everyone looked like they were skating in mud too, both teams. Yeah, it's interesting that Pittsburgh's the team that benefited from that. Traditionally, it's Boston that benefits from from yep. game, teams be, games being ground to a halt. But then again, I'm looking at scores and like particularly post deadline, this this team does better on fire wagon hockey right now. Now with Carlo back, maybe these these, these one goal games will go back. Boston will go back to having an advantage because they'll be better defensively. But yep. Let's face the big thing with Carlo back is we'll never have to worry. We'll probably knock on wood, not have to worry about having Clifton and Camper in the same game again. And I got no beef with either player, but like you just don't want to see them playing together. <laughs> when a couple of weeks ago we had Clifton cause two double minors uh, in a game. In a yeah. game. It was, yeah, it was against the Capitals. It was inevitable that they would get scored on at least once. But they got scored in twice on the second double minor. Cliffy, I love you. I do. I'm, I find it amazing that you got through Quinnipiac, played varsity hockey, was a captain of the team, and graduated with a degree in, uh, in mechanical engineering. But you can't be doing that shit. <laughs> he, yeah, he, cliffy hockey giveth cliffy hockey taketh away right yeah yeah part of the problem and like and sometimes it makes for some hilarious moments like bjork trying to hit him yesterday and just bouncing off <laughs> i mean mind you again it's like a coat hanger trying to trying trying to hit a bowling ball but <laughs> yeah he's he's the definition of a bull in a china shop <laughs> he just runs and goes through and he's just like this is what i do and just just cause anarchy on the ice, and that's great and all. Come playoffs, you don't really want that on your roster anymore. No, Clippy Hockey is, there's a time and a place for it. 
Like, I love him as our seventh defenseman. Because, like, you need to get, it's like, well, this, it's like, oh, because, hey, you can plug him in if, some, if, if any, basically anyone's injured. We saw he played a bunch of lefty this year, too, right? Yep. When, uh, you know, Grizzly, during Grizzly's earlier injuries. You just, you, you can't rely on him night after night. No. Yeah, I think he's very valuable as a, as a seventh D. Especially with his contract. He's definitely very valuable as the seventh D. Just beyond that, eh. Yep. He's got, it's a very nice contract. Or did. Yeah, I, I like our chances against Pittsburgh. I like our chances against Capitals. I'm not sure about what I think about the Islanders. Although the two games that we did play after the Taylor Hall thing, they just were great. And the Islanders have been reliably mediocre since the deadline. So maybe, maybe that's fine. I, I'm more optimistic about the Bruins than I've been in quite a while. Now, I'm I'm not at this point all that rosy about what happens comes the conference finals if they get that far. Again, touch wood. Yeah, I I'm not counting ki- chickens before they're hatching at this point. So yeah, I'm and just- again on that one, it's just because like ah, the with the possible exception of the Leafs, the division leaders otherwise are just so fucking good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, it might be masked because let's. There are more bad teams in all the other divisions than there are in the East. This is true. Yeah. And there are just so some teams. Yeah. Some teams that just better match up against other teams anyway, even if they don't play. We'll find out. Okay. So, one thing that happened this week that I want to talk about uh, it's actually the culmination of something that started last month. I want to talk about national broadcast deals. Ooh. In the NHL. Uh, I learned a lot of stuff about this. Okay. So there is apparently there is a package A and a package B. Package A that the the NHL was trying to get people to, uh, not people, but getting uh, corporations, broadcast corporations to do um, involves having four Stanley Cups and all-star content. Okay. Uh, So traditionally, I think that it was just NHL basically had like, uh, not NHL, uh, NBC had just a broadcast package because they did Stanley Cups and they did all-star coverage and they did the Winter Classic. Okay, so we'll push that aside. So broadcast deal A was for seven years, four Stanley Cups, all all-star content, okay, for those seven years. And that went to ESPN slash ABC or ABC slash ESPN because ABC is the parent company, but it's owned by Disney. All of that's owned by Disney. So there you go. Um, So what's interesting about that deal is that some of that content will also be shuttled on to ESPN Plus Plus and Hulu, because that is how you now see ESPN Plus is through Hulu. It's not clear, however, if Stanley Cup Finals games will be on ABC. I've seen that. I've seen stuff that says that's not set in stone one way or the other. But it seems like the league's not concerned about that. There'll be nothing on broadcast television. I read something that said that the uh, the playoff rounds ESPN would get would get the pick of playoff rounds to to show like the series to show, and that ABC would do the finals. That's what I saw. Okay, mm-hmm. I saw people were hoping, but that it wasn't set in stone that the ABC would get the final, would do the finals or not. But 
it's still going to be the ESPN broadcast crews. So yes, and it's only Basically, four. It's, it's whether it's cable only or if it's cable and broadcast. Right, right. So I think we'll get back to that. Okay, I'm just laying out the table here. Okay, okay. So broadcast plan B, which would have three Stanley Cup finals, you know, uh, along with you know playoffs and stuff. They they would have that. They would have the Winter Classic every year. Okay, that was broadcast plan B. That was what NBC was supposed to be bidding for last week. But it sounds like NBC didn't put a serious bid in. No, they didn't. Yeah. Because um, for the first broadcast deal with ESPN, ABC, Walt Disney Company, uh, that is a $400 million per year package. No one else was going to compete with that. No. Not even going to try. No. And, okay, so that's fine. So that was one back then. So NBC was trying for plan B. What the NHL wanted as a minimum offer was $200 million. What NBC offered was $100 million. Which is a slap in the face. And honestly, but, you know, what would you want NBC for at this point? Nothing. They're killing the NBC sports. They clearly weren't planning on moving more content to to NBC itself. So it was like, if it ended up on NBC, it was just going to be USA and Peacock. Yep. So like, honestly, it isn't even just the money. That's a non-competitive, that's a non-competitive offer. Very. And especially with Peacock not being as popular as other streaming services like Hulu with that. And with the deal that did win HBO Max being a potentially involved with that as well. That's another huge thing where I think if I'm the NHL, I'd rather have HBO Max, Hulu, ESPN plus involved than Peacock. And also 275 million as opposed to 100 million. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, so, okay. So that's very interesting. Let me get back to that in a minute. All right. Let, 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 let me continue on with plan B. Plan B, the offer from NBC was basically the only offer they made, and then they decided to pull out of the bidding. There were rumors that CBS and Fox were in. Were to CBS t- never actually was, though, right? Like neither of them were. Oh, I thought Fox had, but not since, but not not like, a serious, serious offer, not a serious okay. offer. So I count that as not really being in. So TBS and TNT, the the. You know, the Turner Broadcast Networks, which are owned by Time Warner, which also owns HBO Max and HBO, they swooped in and they made an offer for $225 million per year. Their their offer for over 70, uh, seven years is $1 billion plus. So they won the other broadcast package. So TNT, TBS, maybe HBO Max, you will see you will see uh, the Winter Classic and stuff and, and, and their other programming, hockey programming. Boy, I'm having a hard time with this. I just figured out how HBO Max fit, fit into this because I read all this stuff through CNBC, which had a lot of stuff because N- NHL is like, we don't want to talk about the details of the contracts. And CNBC was like, we'll do that for you. So um, I had a, a lot of great information, but I've just remembered that Turner owns, I mean, not Turner, uh, Time Warner owns both HBO and TNT and TBS. So that's how it makes sense now. Okay, so basically we're going to have content over regular broadcast, basic cable and streaming services. 
And I think this is a very interesting thing. A lot of people are focused on TNT and TB TBS bringing in very interesting people to talk about hockey. They're hoping that it'll be like the pregame shows, the studio shows of the NBA. But apparently, Jeff told me earlier that people really seriously were like, bring on Barkley. I'm like, what? <laughs> a lot of people online are screaming, let's get Barkley in here. And like, okay, you know, Barkley has actually de demonstrated a certain amount of knowledge and interest in hockey previously. So like, let's not just say they're picking someone randomly out of, out of the woodwork. And he's great on TV. That's good. But... No, there, there, are, there are interesting hockey people they can get. I wish they could get Roberto Luongo, but he's in the Panthers front office. But they will find people. They will. So um, I don't want to focus too much on that. I, I think that there will be plenty of people who will be out of jobs at NBC who will probably be looking for something as well. But none of this is surprising because when NBC said that they were shuttering NBC, SN, earlier this year, they're going to do it later this year, and they were going to move things over to USA. I'm like, okay, what? <laughs> so NBC is like, they have like football once a week, and NASCAR? I don't know what they have. Uh, and I'm not going to worry about that. But I think this is a good deal for the NHL. First of all, they made bank. They did. Uh, because the previous deal with NBC for the last 10 years was, was 300 awful. million per. Yeah. I mean, like, like let, let's be very clear. This is the first, like, good TV deal the NHL has been involved with besides the Sportsnet deal, which is actually awful for Sportsnet. It's kind of hilarious. Mm. Um, since the, the, oh, five, the, the, the um, uh, 04, 05 lockout. Because, like, what were they on? OAN, OLN and then fucking Versus. Versus. Yep. Yeah. Like, like the fuck and versus became NBCSN. i was gonna say that's basically like we're gonna be on espn the eighth the ocho and then when it becomes a real network we'll not be on that because it won't be NB it won't be espn like what the fuck was any of that yeah it was messed up and some more things with the espn deal okay yeah yep. um ABC ESPN will have one conference final each year of the deal. Okay. They will have half of the NHL's playoff package with those games simulcast on ESPN+. Plus. Hmm. ESPN also has the ability to simulcast or megacast playoff games like it's done for other big events. Hmm. They will have 25 exclusive national regular season games on ABC or ESPN. NHL TV will cease to exist in the United States and be folded into ESPN+. Plus. Ooh. 75 exclusive games streamed on ESPN+, Plus and Hulu that are produced by ESPN. And this deal doesn't impact any of the NHL center ice out-of-market television packages that other cable providers do sell. Well, I'm excited about it because let's say I go on a trip somewhere. I have Hulu. I have ESPN Plus because I got a deal when I signed up for Disney Plus that I would get ESPN Plus, Disney Plus, and Hulu for a certain amount every month. I think it's Same. gone up a little bit, and that's fine uh, because I watch all of that stuff. But I found that sometimes I like to watch a West Coast game. Yeah. And I can do that just by going into my my Hulu app and watch it. Right. It's not I don't have to sign into something different and hope that the stream is going to work and whatever. It just I just click on the thing. It's like, oh, it's San Jose playing the L.A. Kings. All right. I'll watch this. 
Okay, it really was the Golden Knights versus the the Sharks or something. I I watched that, but anyway, uh, my point is is like I think this is a great thing in that uh, people who have these streaming services already, you're winning. You don't yeah. have to do anything. You don't have to do anything special. You can watch pretty much any game you want. And I think the other major thing where beyond ob- the obvious implications with the salary cap and stuff like that with the influx of money coming into the NHL. I think the other big thing that's going to help a lot and it could affect everything is Walt Disney, ESPN, ABC and and Turner, they're both marketing giants. Mm. They market the hell out of stuff. They, they, they and this is going to get that up. Yeah. Which NBC clearly doesn't because they still put shoves fucking Keith goddamn Jones down our faces. So clearly NBC has no idea how to market jack shit. Exactly. And these two, these both of the, these companies market the hell out of everything. And that's what that's what makes Honestly. them so successful. Also, if you're going to employ Keith Jones, why don't you just go for the real thing and actually hire Ray Romano as opposed to Ray Romano lookalike <laughs> <laughs> and sound alike? <laughs> I don't understand why you're just not taking your broadcasting budget and just putting a picture of Patrick Sharp smiling in a yeah. nice suit. There you go. But, but no, no. Instead, you got to water that down by rolling out fucking Randy F- <laughs> Keith fucking Jones, who I can't in my head separate from Randy Jones, who I hate for other reasons. <laughs> yep. 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 I mean, actually, what is interesting about Keith Jones? Is until they defenestrated Ronick, Milbury, and sidelined McGuire. I didn't notice him. But now he's the worst of the bunch because all the others are fucking gone or minimized. <laughs> they haven't had a reason to get rid of him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like this deal. I think it's going to be great. I, I, I'm interested to see how it's going to work out. I've been frustrated with NBC uh, and their programming of games. Uh, so... Uh, I've been just frustrated with all of that. So I would really like to see something new and fresh. And I think that going on the national sports leader, everybody watches ESPN. So many people watch ESPN. So so I think this is going to be good. I love it. It's really good for the growth of the sport. I think so. That's the biggest thing. about the league is that it managed in this 15 years in the sports media wilderness to still manage to become a big enough deal, despite you know, deliberately self-handicapping, to justify not just getting ESPN wanting to be back in the fold, but at the at that price point. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, it's just a lot to criticize Bettman on TV deal stuff, but on the other hand, it's like he managed to build it to the point where they want it and want to pay that much, despite the handicap. Yeah, and I think that, I think that's the biggest thing. I think the... The the way they handled it was great, and the, not only did they manage to get ESPN at that price price point, they got a second uh, company to do it even higher than their other one as well. Like they got two separate companies to do that, and I, I think the growth of the game is going to be good. I think once the once the cash starts flowing in and once people are back in the stands and like fully and things like that i think you're going to see a pretty big hike in the salary cap and things like that in the future i think it's going to be good for the league as a whole yeah i i think so i think that they have a real opportunity to grow the game here so that'll be good and hopefully they'll make some really good decisions with your their in in-house uh you know their studio people that they will be inclusive you know yeah 
get players who are black and brown, get players who are uh, former players or current players who are women uh, to come in and do your studio stuff. You know, people know the game. Sometimes, you know what, people who, you know, there's this thing about like coaches, like coaches often have played games, but they're, they're not the best at the game, like physically playing, but mentally they know that game well it's that's why there's a reason studio some of the best studio personalities are career backup goaltenders or fourth line wingers with like you know the obvious patrick sarp exceptions sean thornton now he's an executive with florida certainly he's got the same limitations for bringing in that Mm. that um uh, that luongo does but like um like like ference get ference up there well but i think he works for the uh, nhl that's true too. I think part of the reason why I, th- I find this in a lot of sports that um, backups and baseball utility players make good coaches, broadcasters, things like that is they had to know the game so much more to stay in it and be competitive in it they, than they people with all the talent. A lot of hockey too. A lot yeah. more than good players do. Exactly. They <laughs> right. had they had to. Otherwise, they weren't going to stick. Well, so also they, you're back at goaltender. What else are you going to do with your day? <laughs> open the door uh, close the door. door not pay attention to the game in front of me yeah no obviously not <laughs> <laughs> there's that too so yeah and I you think have a lot of time great. to observe how your coaches operate yeah you're just on the bench all day with them you know right yeah, picking pick their brains and i think both companies have a unique opportunity too, where with their whole broadcast teams and things like that to start from scratch absolutely nothing so you can you can do whatever you want. Like it's not very often that a company has the opportunity to take on a new sport and just start from scratch with and do whatever they want with the broadcast team. Like I don't know if he's got any interest in it. I kind of want to see them try to take a run with Jerome McGinley. You don't get a lot of high end players that have a really good screen presence, and he does. You mean Boston weatherman? Jerome Kigginla. Boston man on the street during weather incidents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're kind of used to the cold. No kidding. Canada and like, uh... <laughs> yeah, but he even said that it was sloppier than what he usually would get up in Calgary. So, you know, well, I guess he grew up in Edmonton, didn't he? And then he played in Calgary. Still six of one, half dozen another. Yeah, (laughs) i think basically weather in alberta is pretty much all the same (laughs) yeah for the most part um a lot of snow but it's real dry yeah yeah no snow around here this year definitely was not dry it was very very awful wet heavy snow this year like he's a rare case sort of like i mean patrick sharp i guess calling patrick sharp a star would be a little bit of a stretch but like again was a rare case of a star that has a good it has a good TV presence, I think. I think yeah. if he could get a gig where he did like two or three days a week, he would certainly think about it. I mean, he's got kids that are just in a, school. Just rotating through the through intermission panels, then like just a just not on every game. Yeah. yeah, I think he'd be a great person to put there. There was part of me when I was I was uh, thinking about all this stuff when I was first learning about it that was like Yager. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, you entertainment girl. high quality of broadcasts as a sports broadcast. <laughs> so who did you watch growing up? Myself, 
<laughs> I was my favorite player. Speaking of Yager, he just announced he's going to return for his 34th professional season at the age of 49 uh, next year. Hell yeah, he Basically, is. Yager wants to ensure that his admission into the Hockey Hall of Fame is posthumous. <laughs> <laughs> I have no, no, no reason to be there when I'm alive. I'm going to play until I dark dead on the what's ice. This, what's this game for if you're not dead first, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have this in all the children all over the world. <laughs> they are my living monument. I just play puck and fuck. This is all. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, he's, uh, what, he's, did I see that right? He's 264 pounds. How no, much of that is his ass? But like, like, think about it. he's forty nine, still playing professional hockey at Dustin Bufflin weights. Oh my god! <laughs> and he's still getting the ladies, so it all works. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know he's a big guy. Like, he's low. Like, uh, like you know, he's he's, a, he's like a he's yeah. Yager's a much bigger guy than I ever would think of him at. Like taller, but still, that's yeah. Okay. Did I tell you that a couple of weeks ago, I, I went out for lunch with friends, which was the first time that I've done that in a very long time. So anyway, so we were sitting there waiting and I was somehow or another, I got on the topic of Yager. Oh, we were talking, I was talking about our podcast and I said, oh yeah, we have, the- we play around with hockey a little bit. Like we have this, this, this character that we call the time traveling Dick Wizard. He is a hockey player. Uh, I said, Yaromir Yager. And my friend goes, wait a minute. And this guy does not know hockey. He's like, I know that dude. I'm like, oh. And so his wife's like, yeah, do tell. And he's like, this is the guy who slept with a much younger woman. She took pictures to blackmail him. Right. And he was like, I'm not ashamed of this. I mean, come on. (laughs) I got to sleep with a young, beautiful woman. (laughs) <laughs> so yes people outside of the hockey world have a connection to Yarmir Yager <laughs> <laughs> Yager's like do what you may <laughs> yeah he was I don't care. he was not ashamed and it was like alright cool so I, my friend knew that and that surprised the heck out of me so there you go so how, how did they respond to the rest of your explaining the um uh, the, the, the time traveling dick wizard story? <laughs> they said, "Wow, that sounds like that could be a thing." I said, "He's only the father of all good hockey players. There are plenty of hockey players he's not the father of." I said, "But I see. I'm, I'm I'm assuming your story, and this is through no fault, no attack on you, didn't include the fact that like I empirically showed that mathematically he's almost certainly um uh, John Gibson, Vince Trocheck, and um uh, Brandon Sod's father." Huh? I didn't because <laughs> you know how it is when you have friends who aren't into sports. You have they to know who those people are. Yeah, <laughs> you have to make it very small, dribs and drabs. The time traveling dick wizard works because it's like a Doctor Who thing, and this guy is really into Doctor Who. Or at least was, I think. That's true. I, you don't need to explain to people how I went insane while coming up with this idea. No, no. Just, that I, just where I ended up, huh? <laughs> right, right. We just talked about the concept. And that's that's really because you just want to keep your friends engaged and not bore them. <laughs> that's the way I look at it. I mean, I have plenty of friends that I can talk to about this stuff. And they'll know exactly what I'm talking about because they're into that. Uh, but, you know, mm-hmm. friends who are not into this, they show the glimmer of recognition of some guy for something that is not hockey related at all. And that's great. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, so yeah. Um, so I just wanted to share that thing, but yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait for this new deal. Uh, I think it's going to be fun and interesting to see who they get. I wonder if uh, ESPN is going to stick with Barry Melrose. You know, like that's the thing. It sounds like they are, and they're also going to stick with with Busagras, who I know a lot of people really like, and it just meh. Well. I mean, there is one thing is that they've already been pretty clear that we're, they're likely to see a lot more um, uh, Wyshynski and uh, Kaplan on television. So that's, 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 that's good. Good for that. Really good for them. Like, just, you know, they've been mucking it out for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I know. And they took away their, uh, their podcast. So um, they, they didn't do it this year. No. So part of the cut bats, I, I backs at ESPN, I guess, but it'll be worth it when they get to do the broadcast stuff. I mean, it'll I, be I, interesting to see how many of the big names that they try to lure back people who previously worked for ESPN, at least part time. I wonder if this is why Wyshynski came back to New York. Oh, he did. I miss, I didn't admit. <laughs> <laughs> she just flew in the air. <laughs> I'm assuming she landed on something up to your left. Oh, there she is. Okay. Well, that makes sense now. Hello, Tuka. I was looking at you. Not your ass, though. Just you. Anyway. Yeah, he uh, he came back like a, a month or two ago. Mm. Um, I assumed that he had moved out to California because his wife had a job out there. But it sounds like, um, yeah, he might have come back. I think he might have come back post ESPN deal. Okay. Rights deal. So basically I, I think like it's uh maybe he came back for that. Well, it sounds like he'll it sounds like at least what little I've read is that, that they'll be mostly still blog content, online content, but we'll have more TV spots, particularly Kaplan less so wish. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, still he's back in the in in uh New York, so whether that's uh, coincidental or not, I don't know. But, um, anyway, it'll be to see what they do with some of the big name commentators who previously worked for ESPN. LeBron, Custance. Mm, well, particularly that Custance is unaffiliated right now, for example. <laughs> interesting. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. And we'll have more news on it when we get it, I guess. This is exciting news for hockey. It's good. Yep, I think so. I mean... Uh, the 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 league and the owners should not be cl- complaining about much right now. I know they lost a lot last year, but I mean the owners have the advantage. They're gonna get. They're all gonna get a split of that six hundred uh, of that beautiful six hundred million coming in from uh, coming in from Seattle, and they don't have to share that with the players. <laughs> oh my God, expansion that's right. Fees, expansion fees not part of hockey related revenue. Right, right. Okay, well, that's official too. Uh, as of like, what was it, the thirtieth? Friday. Yeah. Oh, Friday. Yep, Friday was the thirtieth. Uh, as of April thirtieth, the Seattle Kraken have completed the final payment on their expansion fee. Fee. There we go. That's the word. Uh, their expansion fee. So they are now officially an NHL team. Hooray! I can't wait. I'm I'm very excited about the Seattle. And now I'll be able to watch them on ESPN Plus on Hulu. 
And maybe or on HBO Max. Or on HBO Max. That's right. That could be happening too. I'm very excited. I cannot wait to see those uniforms. This is very good. Everything is coming up. VA. Now, so what will be interesting really to see is if the networks go off the uh, go off the um, uh, the board on when they're trying to find uh, play by play guys, or if they start poaching some poaching guys from uh, from uh, individual teams broadcasts. What would be really smart is if you just took the feed from the home team of every place, and you you just paid the teams assorted whatever. Do you actually want to inflict Jack Edwards on everyone outside of Bo- outside of Boston? They already complain about him, even though they have to go out of their way to see him, to, 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 to listen to him as it is. I don't think they're going to do and this at, at this all. Point, we complain enough about Jack. Like, <laughs> I'm not saying I want that. I'm saying if I if they were smart, they'd use the talent that's already being used. Actually, I'd wish that on Toronto. <laughs> I'm okay with that. But what I'm saying is this. Okay, you can do it that way. They never do it that way. They always want their own in-house guys. So it'll be interesting to see who they pick up. But uh, there will be people who are no longer affiliated with N- NBC Sports, I would imagine. Uh, there will be people who uh, are out of local markets that they'll get just because people change out every once in a while. So interesting to see what kind of poaching comes out of, they pull out of particularly TSN, seeing as TSN still ha- employs good people, but doesn't actually have any hockey broadcasts except for like Ottawa and Winnipeg local. Um, oh, that's true. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I mean, there's always, there are names that, uh, that come up every once in a while. Like um, there is uh, Brendan Burke, uh, who does like the Rangers, I believe, uh, out of MSG. He does a fair bit of national stuff on NBC now, too. Yeah, so that's a name that I think will be bandied about. Forsland, we're going to see plenty of Forsland because, I mean, everyone agrees he's the market standard in hockey play-by-play right now. Right, <laughs> I thought he's with Seattle. Yeah, but even when he was full-time with Carolina, he was one of the guys that regularly got national games. Oh, okay. And he probably still will. Okay. All right. All right. Well, we'll find out more of that stuff as it comes along. But said, just someone, please make sure to give Patrick Sharp and Brian Boucher and Brian Bo- and the Boucher jobs, please. I don't want to see them go away. This Boucher is great. And I think with better, be- with a better rest of broadcast team, he'd be phenomenal. See, <laughs> I told you that Boucher was good, but everybody was like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> Hugh sucked as a goalie. <laughs> and I'm like, Rhode Island. And you're like, so what? So many people are from Rhode Island, man, in the hockey world. Yes. Anyway. Um, oh, yeah. I totally forgot until last week that Ron Hextall is the GM in Pittsburgh. And Berkey, uh, Brian Burke, is the is his boss, basically. Yeah. Oh, boy. I forgot about all of that. And that's a, that's some uh, interesting concentration of anger, of a history of anger issues, right there. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> uh, all right. So this week we've got the return of Brandon Carlo. So maybe we should talk about those games that are happening. And actually, uh, well, no, I guess you go up to Saturday. I mean, if you think you'll get next Sunday's game out that quickly, I don't know. I'll, I'll go, oh, I'll, there's I'll do a Sunday game too. Oh, no, God. there's not a Sunday game, but it's Monday, Tuesday, the week after. Ah, uh, just do them all. Do okay, them all. so only six games left in the season. 
Um, so we start off this week. That is tomorrow, May 3rd, 7 p.m. Eastern Time at the Prue. <laughs> at the Rock. The Rock, whatever. More fucking devils. Thought we were done with this shit. So more fucking goddamn Miles Wood. Uh, no Miles more, Wood. No more Culpamary. Um, so, yeah. But Miles Wood, ugh. Uh. All right. And Mackenzie Blackwood, who. I mean, plays... we also lost to Scott Wedgwood, so, like. <laughs> uh, all the woods. All the woods. It's like the Pine Barrens. Let's <laughs> fucking burn the place down, goddammit. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, yes. Uh, I have to watch again. Uh, all right. And then they do it again on Tuesday the 4th. Uh, 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 okay. But thankfully, uh, Cinco de Mayo is free, right? Yes, okay. yes. Cinco oh. de Mayo is, is free. And uh, then they come back to uh, Boston. And on Thursday, that's the 6th at 7 p.m. Eastern time, they play the Rangers. <laughs> One of the last couple of games the team's going to play that matter just because, well, the Rangers are at least on paper still chasing Boston. But it, it doesn't look good for them. I hope it continues to not look good for them. I would prefer Boston to win both these upcoming games and have those two games not matter, yes. Same. Um, Speaking of two games, they follow that up with on Saturday the 8th with another huge manatee game. Ah, you were cursed last week when you said it was the last one. They changed the time. (laughs) 3 p.m. Eastern, which means it's even like a shitty time. These mid-afternoon games blow. (laughs) They do. I don't like the 3 p.m. games very much because... Like, like conceptually, a 4 to 7 p.m. is kind of nice for me. But, like, on a Saturday, it's just unnecessary. And, well, I mean, the good thing is that we will get to do the birthday Zoom that night. Mm. Uh, the Zoom, because, like, it was we were going to have to watch a game and do the Zoom and whatever. Now we can only just do the Zoom. That is, if anybody even does it. But anyway, go ahead. Yes. Yes, and it's my birthday then- next Saturday. Yes. So then on the 10th, again at the TD Garden, 7 p.m. against the Isles. Woo! Woo! And then follow, Then that night they travel to Washington to play. The, for the season finale, they're playing the Caps. Beat um, somebody's face. I realize he's been out for a while, but you better not fucking play Brandon Carlo in that game. <laughs> yes. No, scratch him. Scratch him. That game. In fact... If we're going to see Halak get, get, start the game ever again, it's probably that one. And even then, I doubt it. Yep. <laughs> Scratch Brandon Carlo. Protect this boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because he got knocked out of the uh, last game of the year against uh, the the uh, Capitals um, what, in his first year. So don't let it happen again. Fuck you, Ovi. Okay. Capping off the season with Washington is fitting. <laughs> that was not as good as the Buffalo over there. Uh, uh, no, no. I'm not <laughs> that <laughs> but capsizing that team would be wonderful. Oh, yes. I, as much as I enjoy Chara, I do not want to see the Capitals succeed. Nope. Sorry. You're kind of dead to me. That's all. All right, yeah. so that's good. That's good. We're all we're all set with that. Woo! End of the season. Can't wait. Yeehaw. All right, let's okay. do the thing. 
So, um, uh, listeners, you've been listening to Barely on Topic. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, and Podcast Addict, was it? Podcast Addict. And, of course, if you find us somewhere else, let us know so we can tell the world. You can talk to us on Twitter, we're at Barely on Topic. Or on Facebook, we're at Barely on Topic Podcast. And, of course, there's always our individual Twitter accounts. I, Jeff, I'm at Dr. Hand Grenade. I am at Tim A. Richardson. And I am at Scratch Brancarlo in the last game. Dot com. Also known as FBA from RI. Word. <laughs> <laughs>